Today on episode number 507 of the School of Podcasting, I'm going to take a look at the podcast interview wizard. And that's kind of a visual thing. So there is a video. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 507, we're going to keep you updated on some podcasting news. And I'm going to peel back the curtain on last week's episode with Danny Pena. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your professional podcast mentor, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I've been helping people understand technology for over 20 years. And what we do here on this show is we talk about all things podcasting. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears. I help you flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to successful podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you want to get in, you got to get in now because the doors close April 1st. That's the end of this quarter. And basically, it's going to be closed for a couple months. It'll open back up. And if you want to start your podcast, you need to get in now because the doors close on this quarter, April 1st. So you got to get in on March 31st to get into this current session of the schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code Listener, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you do that. And uh, if you have any questions, you can contact me, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And last but not least, as I bombard you with calls to action here at the beginning, if you like this show and never want to miss an episode, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and subscribe to the show and just have these episodes show up automatically. All right, so let's just jump into it, shall we? I've been asked, I've been, next month, I will celebrate 11 years in podcasting, and I don't think I've ever been asked so much about a product, maybe Audello, which got a lot of of attention, but this one has gotten a lot of attention. It's called the Podcast Interview Wizard by Jim Edwards, and if you're like, well, first things first, who is Jim Edwards? He's a guy that I've known about for years. I loved his I Gotta Tell You email list. And we are talking way back in the day when I was teaching people how to make websites with Microsoft front page. Oh, yeah. And I was making videos with a camcorder that I held on my shoulder. And I bought one of, uh, it was Jim, and he did a a product with Mike Stewart on uh, how to do video. And I got to tell you, it was pretty cool. And I had bought other things from, quote, internet marketers at the time. And his was definitely pretty quality stuff. So I've always liked his style. He takes his topics very seriously, but he always dishes them up with a good uh, helping of sarcasm. And so in a nutshell, Jim has been writing eBooks and making products for over probably 20 years. Now, according to his bio, he's the founder of Guaranteed Response Marketing LLC, is an internet expert, marketing entrepreneur, newspaper columnist, author, motivational speaker, and elite mentor and coach. Having gained professional and financial freedom, he shares his proven strategies with self-motivated, hardworking people to help them attain personal and financial independence. He has written and published dozens of e-books, several print books, and hundreds of articles. And like I say, I used to be subscribed to his I Gotta Tell You email list, and I was sitting here thinking about that. I should resubscribe. That was some good stuff. I actually, there was a day when I just unsubscribed from every email list I was on because I was just tired of just the endless barrage of stuff. But Jim's was pretty cool. And so he seems like a good guy. He basically produces webinars on a weekly basis. He's a frequent guest speaker at Numis International and Internet Marketing Seminars. Good guy. And so what the heck is 
the podcast interview wizard? Well, let me walk you through what it does. It's a software, first of all, that works on Mac or PC. And how I tested this was basically, uh, last week I did an interview with Danny Pena from Gamertag Radio, Hall of Fame guy, podcaster, great guy. Got a lot of good feedback on that. We'll be talking about that a little later in the uh, in the show. And I thought, well, would I have done this episode any differently if I was using this tool? So let me just walk you through. Now, realize this is a very visual thing, so I'm going to kind of blow through this. And I do have a video for you out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 507. And so basically, I'm going to, here's the 16 questions. It asks you for your name. It asks you for your name of your podcast. It asks you for who you're interviewing. It asks you for the singular version of your audience. So in my case, in my case, my audience is made up of podcasters. And so I put podcaster. Question five is what's your audience plural? And I put podcasters. And then six, what's the key word theme for the show? So what is this, uh, you know, in a nutshell, this interview is about, and I put audience growth. Question seven, basically it's looking for the show topic. So this interview will focus on, and I put growing your audience by interacting with your audience. Uh, question eight, what's one of the biggest benefits? And this should be a verb. You know, your audience really wants to blank. So I put grow your audience. Question number nine, what's another benefit? And I put get paid to podcast. Question number 10, give us a third biggest benefit. And I put get more downloads. So again, the audience also really wants to, and I put get more downloads. 11, what's the big payoff? In other words, this audience really wants to know how to blank. And I put grow their community. Question 12, on this interview, we'll also reveal, so this is some sort of cool secret that they're going to reveal. So I put how to create an event that generates attention. And then uh, question number 13 is basically their bio bullet points. So I put Hall of Fame podcaster, podcasting for 11 years, started out on a cassette deck, uh, been featured on numerous websites and magazines, played video games with a billionaire. He's part of the CBS radio play.it network. And he flies around the country playing video games and getting paid. Question number 14, what is the call to action? So for more information, check out, and I put the School of Podcasting at schoolofpodcasting.com. Question number 15, what is your show title? And so here I put commitment to community, how Danny Pena grew his podcast audience. And then uh, question 16, copy and paste and interview questions or show bullets here is what it currently says. But this is where once I'd gone through the interview, I could come back here and put the key points. And there's even a, a template that I could go through and get Shuo bullets, run that one, get the bullets, put them in here. Very easy to do. So that's how I set this up. Then I went through and I looked at it and said, hey, you know, how would this affect my interview? So I'll explain how that would work in a second. Let me go back to, so that's, a, again, a brief, it asks you 16 questions. So what does it do with those things? Well, it's used then in a series of tools that it builds, like an email template to help get the interview, an email message to set up and remind the guest about the interview, and then later you can use it to create an email to send the guest kind of a post interview is kind of a thank you. You could ask them for referrals. It creates 
either a quick version of your show notes or full version. Now, this would be where it would have like an intro, like, welcome to the School of Podcasting. Today, we're talking about audience growth expert, Danny Pena. And then would have the questions and they would have the outro with my call to action that I just specified. And it spits it all out. It also creates a thing called audience handouts. And this is a worksheet for people to fill out as they listen to your episode. And it was the first thing I looked at and went, yeah, not for me. Uh, maybe if it was uh, just for me, it was like, okay, I get it. And again, automatically generated show bullets. These are custom sales copy for each interview. And there are basically 12 different types of interviews. And so I'll talk about those in a second. And it generates show notes for your episode. Very easily, by the way, I might add. And it will generate multiple titles for your show and let you pick the best one. Now, if you are a regular listener to the show, you know I'm all about the headlines. If you're new to the show, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash headlines, and you can actually get a handout of mine that shows you how to make great headlines because they really help drive traffic to your episode. Now, it also will build ads to help promote the show on Facebook or Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So it's pretty slick. So I looked at this and I already knew Danny's story. I knew I wanted to walk him through the parts that focused on building his audience. And so the closest style to what I did last week was called the how the expert got started style. And I'll talk about these different styles here in a minute. And I looked at it and said, okay, what would I have done differently using this software? Well, there are a couple questions that I was like, hmm, things like I could have asked, what roadblocks did you face early on and how did you overcome them? Didn't ask that. Pretty good question. Uh, did you have any early mentors or did you have to figure it out all on your own? Not a bad question. I think this is a pretty good question. If you had to start all over again, with audience growth in today's world, with today's tools and time constraints and other factors, what would you do differently, more of, less of, faster, or not at all? Pretty good question, pretty in-depth question. So those are questions that I got from the how the expert got started. And in theory, if I just kept with this, I could run this, it would generate my questions, I could take them, and it would everything would fit. I could run the show notes, for the how the expert got started style. I could do the iTunes description, things like that. But you know me, I'm creative and I wanted to think outside the box. So I looked at some other styles and one of them is called uh, myths and misconceptions. That's kind of hard to say. And it's a style of interview. And one of the questions there that I was like, mm, that's a pretty good question is, where are the big opportunities in audience growth that many podcasters might be missing? Or here's another one. What's the best audience growth tools every podcaster needs to use and know about? Okay, now if I did that, the software is meant for you to use one style of interview and then have everything kind of tie in together. But if you're looking to come up with good questions, I can see we're basically spitting out multiple versions of the interview might help you spotlight questions that really spur, and here's the key point, other questions that aren't in the software. So for me, I like this tool as a way to brainstorm with myself. And I realized that show notes and other templates are meant to come from just a single template, right? A single style, I should say, not multiple ones. So if you mix and match questions from different styles, you're going to have to mix and match some other things. But that's really, I watched a, uh, a webinar on the software and 
basically what it said is this is designed for people who basically hate to write. They hate to type. And it's so much easier to edit than it is to create. And so I believe in most cases, you're going to have to do a little editing. And by that, I mean changing a word here, changing a word there, maybe a little copy and paste. But it does create a lot of things for you. So let's go through these. And one is podcast show notes. So I'm going to talk about each style here, each tool that it spits out, and would I use this? So podcast show notes. Uh, yes, I could see using this, really. In many places like G Plus or Facebook, even though it's meant for show notes, I could see this as blog posts out on social media. There's a um, an email announce. Uh, and yes, this could be cool. Even if it, you know, you, again, you might have to copy and paste some bullets in here. But yeah, it's a good starting spot. In fact, uh, there's an iTunes episode dis description. This one, I was like, wow. This gave me seven different descriptions and a slew of titles that I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, the show title templates. Here again, a great way to brainstorm with yourself. Here are all these potential titles for your episode. Because I don't know about you, for me, I'm often making my title at the very end when I'm tired. It's two in the morning. I got to go to bed and I'm like, ah, this will do. Uh, it'll make ads. And these are very similar to titles and descriptions. And again, useful? Absolutely. Now, it does make all these email templates. And I just want to say here, they are all great starting points. And I always, always, always recommend personalizing the templates but they are focused and they are to the point. So they're a good starting point. But trust me, if people start using this software a lot, we're all going to be able to smell, oh, they're using uh, PIW, which is the cool, you know, you know how we hate words that are long. We shorten everything down. It's PIW, podcast interview wizard. Somebody's using PIW and they're using the whatever, whatever template. We'll be able to smell it a mile away. So I highly recommend that you personalize these. Another style of interview is called the beginner style. And at first, when I saw this one, I was kind of like, meh, because it was kind of like, what's the first thing you need to do? What's the second thing you need to do? But then it had this question, what's the perfect mindset for a beginner podcaster at this point that would virtually guarantee their success? And I went, that's a pretty cool question. Because again, it, it it's not just, it's not a yes or no question. That's what I liked about that. There's a style of interview called book review nonfiction. And this was kind of a who, what, why, when, and where. Nothing earth shattering here. But if I was absolutely new to interviewing, this would be helpful. If you're not absolutely new to, to uh, interviewing, you're probably going, yeah. Critical skills interview. This is a cool template because it has built-in follow-up questions. So yes, at first I was kind of like, eh, because it's like, what's the first critical skill? What's the second critical skill? What's the third? But it also then had follow-up questions that had you digging deeper. So again, thumbs up here. There's an FAQ interview style, probably my favorite style, mainly because it just had a lot of good questions. There's a getting started. Now, this is a good set of questions. And again, one of the key things it's trying to do here is focus. So it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It focuses on how your guest got started. There's a mistake style interview. And somewhere in the future, I'm going to have Gordon Firemark on the show. I reached out to him at the beginning of the year, and we've kind of been busy back and forth. And uh, But this would be an interesting uh, interview template for me to use to kind of go, what are like the top three things that people are doing 
that uh, they might find out later are bad from a legal aspect. And this would be a good template for Gordon. There's a, a style of interview called Myths and Misunderstandings. Say that three times fast. And at first, this one seemed kind of simple, but again, it had good follow-up questions. So I was like, all right, thumbs up. There's a new idea interview, and it would work for that type of interview. If somebody had a new idea, but this one for me didn't really hit home because I never have a new interview kind of, or new idea kind of uh, interview, but I could see where it'd be useful. Um, a new products interview, again, kind of the who, what, why, when, and where, uh, but it's great for beginners. And in some of these where I was kind of like, I noticed that some of these like will have bonus questions at the bottom. And I was like, well, all right, that's cool. Because uh, rules of the road, for me, probably my least favorite template of interview style. Because it was just, it would have a question and then the follow-up questions were exactly the same. So it's kind of like, um, what's uh, what's rule of the road number one? And then it was like, follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. What's rule number two? Same follow-up, same follow-up, same follow-up. And I was like, yeah. The State of the Union, I could see using these. It's a style of interview to interview Rob Walsh from Lipson, Todd Cochran from Blueberry, Rob Greenlee from Spreaker. And I see this as a tool that's going to eliminate you getting off Skype and going, oh, I forgot to ask them. Because it has a lot of the really good basic questions covered. The step-by-step -step roadmap style of interview, this is kind of the distant cousin of the rules of the road. And I just kind of went, yeah, not for me. Uh, tips and tricks here again, pretty basic, nothing earth shattering, but I do like again that this was one that had bonus quant, uh, bonus questions at the bottom that I went, okay, pretty cool. So now how much does this bad boy cost? Now what this does, if you go out to uh, podcast interview wizard, I'm going to go out there right with you and, and put on slash SOP. So podcast interview wizard slash SOP. And it says here that the interview wizard software, and it works both on Mac or PC is a $997 value. Now in a world where we can get apps on our phone for, you know, $7 and people are like, mm, man, I don't know, $7. That's the price of a coffee at Starbucks. And that software literally five years ago would have been $300. I get that he's trying to show that because the actual price is $197 to, to get to the punchline. So I'm kind of like, really? $997? All right. But here's something to think about with this. Because you're like, even $200, $197. And I'll get to more. There's more to this than that. Um, do you know my buddy Daryl over at goldenspiralmedia.com? He does all sorts of audio editing and consulting. And one of the things he does is he will do your show notes for $85 an episode. So if you're having Daryl do your episode, your, your show notes at $85 an episode, having a piece of software for $200 could easily pay for itself. Then, but wait, there's more. There are, it's a six part training. And I got to say, with Jim's background of working in newspapers and all this other stuff, I really thought to myself, I hope this isn't one of those, oh, we need a bonus, so just throw something together. I've only watched one video of this, and it actually was pretty in-depth. And I was like, all right, pretty cool. It's, again, is also a $997 value. Okay. Uh, then there's the podcast episode prep blueprint. And what this is is something I usually call directions. 
basically in a nutshell. Now it is handy because you basically, when you walk through this blueprint, it kind of walks you through how to use the, uh, the podcast interview wizard, what to build first, what to build second. So it flattens the learning curve. Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny that it was called a prep blueprint. There is a 30 day money back guarantee. It's a secure, a secure payment. And yeah, you can pick this up for currently for 197. So again, depending on what you're doing, if you're a person who hates typing show notes, um, has a hard time coming up with headlines and you just want to have it all kind of speed things up a little bit and you want to have posts for Facebook and Google plus and emails to your guests and things like that. This could come in really handy. Now, speaking of that, I want to talk about how I'm going to use this. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to use it this way, but I do have some things and some concerns about this. Make sure your podcast, if you're doing interviews is a conversation and not an interrogation. Just because you have your next question ready now, please, please, in the immortal words of James Brown, please listen. Listen to your guests because the best question to ask may not be on the paper in front of you. If you're missing what your your guest is saying, there's probably a great follow-up question and that's not going to come from the software. It's not. So you still are going to have to actively listen And don't just sit there and go to the next question. I've been interviewed by people where I swear they have a question. They have a list of questions. Their goal is to get through all the questions in 20 minutes or less. And they're just flying through them. And I've said, I think I've said it before in this show. I know I said it on the podcasters roundtable that the next time I really feel somebody's doing that, I am going to throw in the phrase and I once shot a man for snoring. So if somebody says, Hey Dave, what's your favorite microphone? And I'll go, Hmm, that's a good question. I hate that, by the way, uh, and I'll because it's not a good question. It, what, what's your favorite microphone for me? That's a pretty good question. It's it's an expected question, but I would say, hey, it's the Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred. You could get that at bestpodcastinggear dot com, and uh, you know it's a dynamic microphone. And uh, I once shot a man for snoring. It also works as a USB, and uh, it's great. It's under sixty dollars just to see if they catch it. So don't make it just question, question, question. Be sure to listen for that. Don't. Do that. And don't forget to be you. The one thing I'm worried about this is if everybody buys this software and just uses it verbatim, we're going to be able to smell these email templates a mile away. And so you want to personalize those. You want to personalize those to stand out. It doesn't take much to stand out. Definitely do that. But what does this tool do? It helps you come up with an angle for your interview. Right. What do I really want to get out of this particular uh, guest? What angle am I going at? And it helps you get there quickly, get to the meat of the interview that's going to connect with your audience. And there are going to be things that won't fit into a template. And that's where you come into play. Don't forget to insert you into the interview. That's key here. I mean, I grew up listening to DJs on the radio. I'm not that old, but back in the day in Cleveland, there was Denny Sanders, there was Kid Leo. And these are the guys that I listened to when I got home from school. And I kind of felt like I know them. I felt like some people played better music than the others. uh, Although in reality, it was probably a program director. But now the DJ at night here is Siri, who says awesome things like, Eddie Money, two tickets to paradise. That's it. 
and then they play five minutes of commercials. So don't take you out of the conversation. Be sure to inject you in there because the software doesn't know your audience. I mean, last week when I asked uh, my private Facebook group, hey, I'm interviewing Danny Pena. What do you think we should talk about? And they said, ask him about his crew. How does he handle that? How does he handle that dynamic and make sure everybody's happy? That question would not come from a template. So you're going to have to inject some of you into it, but this is a great place to brainstorm and a great place to start from. So if you're interested in this, again, I'll have a video out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 507. If you're interested in the software, go to podcastinterviewwizard.com slash SOP and uh, you can uh, pick it up again, 197. And um, it's like I say, for me, I like it as a brainstorming tool for me getting ready for an interview. I can also see this as we, we wrap this up. If I use this a lot, and this is kind of a weird thought, I could see where this software would actually kind of train itself out of a job. Now, hold on here just a second. Let me finish this thought. I could see if I use this, let's say I did interviews every single week. I could see after three months, knowing what questions are going to fit and really not needing the software for the questions. Now that would be kind of using it halfway because if I don't put all the questions in and answer those 16 questions, then I don't get the email templates and the show notes and the ads and the handouts and everything else. But I can see where this would make you a better interviewer in a way to get those core, hard, basic questions that you should be thinking about. I could see this software teaching you those. And if you think about that, how much would it cost to hire a coach to teach you to ask better interview questions is probably going to be more than $197. So I do like that. The only thing that kind of, I went, but I get it. What are you going to do is the first question of every single interview style was tell me a little bit about yourself. Now I get that because the software doesn't know who you're interviewing. And it's an easy way to start out. I like to interview, listen to Jimmy Fallon or any of those guys. When they're interviewing a guest, they're explaining why the person is on your show. You know, coming to the stage now, he's an Academy Award winning actor. He's currently on Broadway. He's here to promote his new movie. You know him, you love him. You can't live without him. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, Biff Henderson or whoever. That's in that's don't have somebody go, well, I was, you know, born in Akron, Ohio. And duh, duh, duh. I, that's the way I prefer. That's an opinion thing. I think when somebody goes, tell me a little bit about yourself, it seems a little lazy, but that's an opinion of Dave, not a fact of Dave. But that's the first question in every single template. And I was like, okay, I get why a software would have you ask that. To me, I think there's a better way because you really want that first question to get the podcast going in the direction you want to go. And to me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Not my favorite first question, uh, but that's just me. That's an opinion. So check it out again, go to schoolpodcasting.com slash 507. I'll have a video where you can see some of the stuff I was talking about. This podcast is part of the power of podcasting network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. You know, one of the things I always love to hear is there are two segments I have on the show. One is because of my podcast blank. However, you want to answer that question. If there's something that happened in your life 
and it wouldn't have happened unless you had a podcast. I would love to hear about it. And uh, today, the other one, just to round out that uh, that idea, the other one is the last five podcasts you listened to. Tell us a little bit about them and uh, where we can find them. It's a fun way to let people find out about shows. And today, we're going to hear from Gary and Margaret, who do the Kiwi Mana podcast. Uh, podcast. Take it away, Gary. Hi, Dave. This is Gary and Margaret from New Zealand. Hi, Dave. Hello. We have a beekeeping podcast. And because of our podcast, we got to meet some listeners all the way from Sheffield in England. They travel all the way from England to come to New Zealand to meet us because of the podcast. It was great to meet them, wasn't it, Margaret? It was good. And we've met some uh, wonderful people. We've met uh, Cliff Ravenscraft. We've met other beekeepers. They've come from Ireland, Denmark. And that's because of our podcast. Yeah, and I think think the podcast is really helping us build a community all around the world, not just in New Zealand, but all around the world. So, And it's really great to hear from people and, and even greater to visit when they come to visit. Yeah, and that's all because of our podcast. Yes, and thanks, Dave, for all you do. It's fantastic. We love your podcast. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave, and uh, yeah, awesome. And you can find our podcast at kiwimana.co.nz. That's k-i-w-i-m-a-n-a dot co dot n-z for everything about beekeeping. There you go. How nice is that? And this is where I say podcasting is a global audience and you will attract like-minded people. So you heard them saying, yeah, all these people that are keeping bees. Now that is not me. Uh, if a bee stings me, I, I blow up the size of, of, I don't know, Texas. It's insane. So uh, bees are not my friend. The uh, My favorite bee story was I was playing this big outdoor venue my the band i was in were headlining this big giant rib burn off uh made the front page of the uh, entertainment section and i'm mowing the lawn i hit a bee and it flew up and hit me in the eyelid and so my eye and the whole left side of my face went numb and it started to go down my arm and i'm like i'm hoping i'm not gonna have a heart attack from that as long as it didn't hit my hand but I looked like Stallone at the end of Rocky, like Adrian. He was like, yeah. So bees are not my friend, uh, but I'm glad we have people like Gary and Margaret to uh, take care of them. But uh, congrats on uh, all your success with that show. And speaking of congrats, I want to give a couple quick shout outs to the new inductees into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame. And that is Don and Drew. Now, Don and Drew, if you've never heard of them, have been podcasting since 2004. And if you haven't noticed it, the people that are getting into the Hall of Fame are people that have been started in 2004, which is kind of when podcasting started. And uh, they, uh, I know Don and Drew from the days of of Podshow, which later turned into Mevio. And I was on the Podshow network uh, with them. That was the thing that Adam Carey launched. And uh, they are definitely over the top, not safe for work, and uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, Gary Leland, of course, from Podcast Pickle and all things uh, Fast Pitch Softball. And uh, Gary's been on this show before. And if you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 507, you can hear how Gary was interviewing people, uh, Olympic athletes for his podcast. Uh, Mignon Fogarty, uh, who you better know her as Grammar Girl. She's been on this show as well. And uh, even better... But that's what a weird transition is that. But she just was on uh, the Today Show. In fact, so she was the first person 
to be a first podcaster to be on Oprah. And now she's the only podcaster I know of. I think she's the only podcaster that's been on Oprah. You can't be on Oprah anymore because, well, there's no more Oprah show. But uh, she's been on now both Oprah and the Today Show. And uh, Rob Walsh from uh, Podcast 411 Today in iOS, the VP of Podcast Relations over at Libsyn, is also going in. So congrats uh, to all those guys for uh, being inducted into the Academy of Podcasters um, Hall of Fame. And um, that will be during Podcast Movement. So if you're going to be going to Podcast Movement, of course, use the coupon code SOP40. That'll save you $40 off your ticket. And uh, that is part of that whole event of Podcast Movement. We have the uh, the Hall of Fame inductees at that. And uh, it was really interesting last year. And uh, it looks to be a lot of fun this year as well. In case you missed it, it's time for a Podcast Rewind. Probably one of my favorite rounds at the Podcasters Roundtable was round number 63. I was just on it. It was me, myself, Daniel, um, and I want to say Seth, but that's not right. It is right. Seth, the wrestler. We had a bunch of people. Jeff, Harry Duran popped in there, and we're talking about podcast hacks. And I, I said this earlier that usually good ideas are not like hatched right off the bat. It's, hey, what do you think of this? Mm, I don't know. Uh, you know, it'd be better if we did it this way. And somebody goes, ooh, that would be good. But what if you tried this? So here's a clip from uh, round 63 of the podcasters roundtable. Go ahead, Dave. For guests, when they have something to promote is the best time to ask them if they want to come on your show. So It's just uh, the it's the junket, right? We see this in, in Hollywood. You see it on the talk show. Everyone makes the circuit. So yeah, it's a great tip is like catch them while they're really, uh, they're out there to be promoted. You know, so, so along the same lines then, uh, uh, getting on the email lists of um, publicists and PR agencies, uh, you know, especially like book authors, things like that. Um, so I get emails every now and then from a book author who publishes a book about food and I'll just respond to that. And that's one of the easiest ways for me to book guests. They, they always want to do that. So uh, if you can get on those mailing lists, and that's usually not hard, you usually just ask and they're happy to they're happy to send you their spam. So I like, on the I, like I like the hack of a hack of a hack. If you go to Amazon, speaking of what <laughs> Seth was talking about, and go to the new releases in your like whatever topic, usually at the bottom, if you dig far enough, there's an RSS for new releases in that genre. And you can put that into Feedly, and then you can see if there's a cool book title that comes your way, go there and go to the publisher. Don't go to the author because the author can go, no, nah, I don't want to go on your podcast. But the publisher will go, hey, we've, we've got some promotion for you. And hey, you need to promote your book. So. so it's a really interesting episode and it's just stuff like that. So definitely bring a notebook and get ready to take some notes on that. I also appeared on episode number 35 of Business Mistakes, where we were talking about some of the mistakes I've made uh, over the years. Okay, brilliant. Now then, the business mistake itself, as I understand also will be related to podcasting. Yeah, it was interesting because I had a number of people coming up to me going, I really want to start a podcast. I really want to start a podcast, but I need to do it for free. I don't have any money to do this. And so it was funny because I kind of knew on one hand that this was probably a bad idea because I don't recommend people try to podcast for free, but I had people saying, I really want to learn how to do this. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do two things. I'm probably, I'm going to spend a little time creating a course. And then I'm also probably going to learn that the people that want a podcast are free will not pay 
to learn how to podcast for free. So I, I looked into it. It's, again, it's not something I recommend, but I was able to uh, kind of piece this part, a, a flow together. I found some resources that sure enough, you could podcast using your phone and using a media host that didn't charge for anything and et cetera, et cetera, and um, put it together. And I knew that, that this particular market, they didn't want to spend a lot of money. Obviously, they're trying to do it for free. So I priced it at $20. So all the, um, I probably spent about three or four hours putting this together because I knew in the end, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get a lot of money out of this. So I, uh, I put it out and um, it failed miserably, which actually in a way, in a backwards way is kind of a success. I proved what I already kind of knew, but at least now I know that for sure. And that is, you know, the hours I'd spent together, nobody wanted to pay for this. And uh, so it was kind of a, a, it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. I didn't make any money on it, but on the other hand, I now know without any doubt that people that want to podcast for free um, won't spend money on anything. And in the end, I, I don't think they're going to be very successful because it, it takes a lot of work and not that you have to spend a thousand dollars to, to create a podcast. So, so that was the one that uh, it just didn't work in the end. Nobody wanted to buy it. So there you go. That's a mistake that I kind of knew I was going to make, but there was only one way to know if that was true, and that was to throw it out there, and it proved exactly what I thought. People that are trying to podcast for free will not even spend, I think it was $20, to learn how to podcast for free. So that I've taken that off the, the uh, market because it's shocking. Are you ready for this? The, the tools we were using for free uh, went away. Yeah, so it's not a good idea. And uh, But I wanted to try it, see what happens in... I don't want you to be afraid to try something new. Now, right now, as I record this, the School of Podcasting is only open a couple more days, right? We're letting people in, and then it will be closed for two months, and then we'll open the doors again for a month to let another group of people in. So if you want to get in, now is the time, because April 1st, that door is closed. So go over to schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up. That'll save you a little bit on when you sign up. But don't be afraid to try something new. Mignon Fogarty, right? Now Hall of Fame podcaster, Grammar Girl. Some people know this. Grammar Girl was her second podcast. She tried the first one. It was a science thing. It took a lot of time. wasn't very much fun. And then she pivoted over to Grammar Girl. So don't be afraid to try something new. If I, if I have any kind of strength... I think it's because I like to try new stuff on this show. I, I like to to stand out. So last week, I was in a bit of a pickle. I knew Danny Pena had a great story. I'd heard it multiple times. I'd known it for a long time. I had told Danny I wanted to have him on the show. And we always said, yeah, yeah, we'll have to make that happen. And then it just for whatever reason, it never happened. Mainly because I didn't say, hey, let's make that happen. So he appeared on the new media show. He's appeared on Podcast Junkies. And I was kind of like, and not that that's a big deal, but I kind of want to be the guy that finds people that nobody that nobody's ever heard of, unless now in Danny's case, he's like worldwide known in the gaming world. But in the podcasting world, I don't think until the podcast awards, um, there were small pockets, small pockets of people that uh, maybe had not heard of him yet. So I kind of want to, you know, I used to do this back in the day with music. Like I knew for those of you that remember the band quiet riot, I was into quiet riot way before they went big. Uh, so that was always my thing to try to find somebody that nobody had heard of 
so that your audience could go like, wow, we never heard of that. That was really cool. So now, um, what could I do to make my interview stand out? Because I didn't want somebody to go, oh, it's Danny Pena again. This is such a great story, but I've already heard it on the other shows. And that's number one, never assume your audience listens to the other shows because some of you might be going podcast. What podcast junkies? It's Harry Duran. It's a great show. New media show, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Great show. So, and Danny's stories, they don't need any help. They don't. They're awesome. I mean, come on. The guy was playing video games with Bill Gates. You can't get much better than that. But yet I wanted to stand out. I didn't want it to be just another Danny Pena great story interview. I wanted to do something different. So I went back and I listened to those interviews and I tried to figure out what I wanted to have on the show, like what part of his story that I really want to focus on, as well as anything that I could do to make it stand out. And the, the thing is, there are no bad parts of Danny's story. There's nothing you want to cut out. It's all awesome. And again, so this made it tough. So I'm like, all right, um, what can I do to be different? Well, I did ask him a little bit about his crew. And um, so I was like, okay, you know, let's add some sound effects. Let's enhance, let's take a great story and see if we can just make it more of a theater of the mind. Now, how did I know this was going to work? Well, I, I really didn't, but I did know this, that when I did some research and found the sound of a 56K modem, that I had not heard in a really long time. You know, what's interesting about that modem sound, right? If, if you've never heard it, it's kind of like, like when they invented the fax machine and that sound started coming out, like who was the person that went, yeah, let's keep that. That sounds good. Let's keep like, don't make it a bell or anything. No, let's make it. Yeah. Keep that. And so when I heard that, I'd not heard it again. This was somebody who used to fix fax machines. Uh, I had not heard that in a long time and it made me smile. And then when I heard a little Pac-Man sound effect, this was a guy that put many a quarter into a Pac-Man machine. And so all these other things, they made me smile and it made me flash back to those times. And I thought, okay, I realized anybody under 30 wouldn't get these. They'd probably be like, what's with the static in the, uh, the file? What did he do? Did his microphone mess up? But those of you who did probably had the same reaction I did and you smiled. And so I was listening to um, my buddy, Eric K. Johnson from uh, podcasttalentcoach.com. And here's what Eric said about the show. I was just listening to Dave Jackson over at the School of Podcasting. And he, uh, he interviewed the guy from Gamertag, um, the Gamertag podcast. A fantastic interview. Man, was it compelling. But one of the things Dave tried on this particular episode were sound effects in the background. As the guy from Gamertag told his story, Dave added little subtle sound effects in the background, whether it was a crowd or an airplane sound effect, something like that. Not a, intrusive, wasn't overpowering, didn't drown out his guest, just subtly right in the background. And it added so much more depth and visualization to the stories. It was really something cool. Well, then Dave should step back, take a listen to that episode and say, okay, did it work? Me personally listened to it. I thought it worked great. Dave may have a different idea when he listens back, but you won't know unless you listen back as a listener and evaluate the content to see if it was a success. I thought it was great. I'd highly recommend you go check it out. And that is at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 506 is the episode he's talking about. Check out Eric at uh, podcasttalentcoach.com. He's also the co-host of the podcast review show. So if you're looking to have your show 
get some constructive criticism and some positive feedback on what you're doing right, maybe some things you could do a little better, and you want to get feedback from somebody who's not named Mom, uh, check us out. Go over to podcastreviewshow.com. It's actually a pretty cool show. Even if you don't want to get reviewed, hearing other people be reviewed might spark ideas in your head to go, hey, should I be doing this? In fact, Eric's last episode is about how you can review your own show. And that was, that's again, why I like that guy. And, and if you've listened to this show, anybody that can make me think, I am down with that. And that's one of the reasons why uh, I love uh, the podcast talent coach, because he always makes me think. And I mean, the guy's got 30 years of being at the top of the radio heap. He's not just a radio guy. He's number one in his market and knows what he's talking about. So Eric, thanks for the shout out on the show. And um, so, yeah, that's actually what that little clip inspired this segment of the show, which is don't be afraid to try something new because uh, Eric commented on it. Um, Stargate Pioneer from uh, the Gunna Geek Network um, and uh, BetterPodcasting.com said, I don't know how you find the time to do all this post-production. And I thought I would answer that question. And here's, here's how I do this. Number one, around like Black Friday, there are tons of sales on royalty-free music. Like I have stacks and stacks of CDs of royalty-free music. And I've gotten a lot of really good deals on those where they'll, or it'll be like, download everything you can for a weekend. Well, if I'm going to do that, I will clear the whole weekend and spend the whole weekend downloading every single thing I can. And so I have a ton of music and I have a ton of sound effects. I've also gone to the library. Now for the record, I'm not a lawyer, not sure how legal this one is, but I have gone to the library that have CDs of sound effects and borrowed them and uh, burned those onto a CD and uh, so I have lots of sound effects that way. I'm pretty sure that one's actually not illegal, but I, mm, you know what? I can see somebody going, hey, 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 that musket fire, that's ours, buddy. But uh, as always, consult your uh, friendly neighborhood lawyer when uh, breaking copyrights and things of that nature. So that's where, but here, it's not just having those. Here's the thing, because it doesn't do any good if you can't find any of it. So it's a matter of file management. So I have a folder called background music. And then in the background music folder, I have things like rock, funk, hip hop. Um, I think one is called um, corporate grooves. One is like eighties rock. One is country. One is blue. It's all categorized because it doesn't do any good to have these sound effects and to have the background music and things like that. If you can't find it now, the beautiful thing is, uh, and I'm sure you could do this with a Mac as well, but I always make sure that if there's any kind of weird naming convention, like if they named the cash register sound effect, uh, you know, sound one, two, nine, seven, eight, five, six, five, I rename that bad boy cash register so that later when I'm going, if I want, I can go into windows and do a search and say, search in this folder called sound effects and then, um, search for cash register. So I have under sound effects, I have things like office sounds, human sounds, crowds, ambiances. So one of the ambiance, actually the ambiance last week of, uh, I wanted a sound of, of a lot of people in a room is actually from PodFest because I'd hit record before my session. So I have like minutes of people just murmur, murmur, murmur in a room. So that was actually PodFest is, is part of that sound effect there. 
And so that's the key to having that, those kind of things. It does take a lot of time. It doesn't take that much time if you have them organized. And I use Sony SoundForge to do my editing out of ums and you knows. The other thing I love about Sony SoundForge is, and it's a cheap one. It's like the $60 one, not the $600 one. And um, I love the fact that when you're searching for things, you can click on them and get a sample. That really speeds up the process as well. Now, if you're not doing a lot of sound effects and things like that, don't go out and buy that software because you can always just double click on and have it open in QuickTime or whatever it is you're doing. But Sony SoundForge makes it super easy. So a lot of times I'll be assembling things in Adobe Audition, but I'll actually be sampling them in Sony SoundForge until I find it. And then I'll go back and open it up in um, Adobe Audition and add it to the track. Now, I did find a site in searching for some sound effects. It's called freesound.org. Now, you do have to sign up to basically uh, use this. But let's say I was looking for a, you know, popping noise. I'm just going to type in popping. You have to make sure you don't put pooping when you type that in. Here is, let's see, popping knuckles. Yeah, these are, uh, again, these are free. Here's popcorn popping. Here's a ball popping. So it's a pretty cool sound. Now, if you want to see, I have a bunch of resources. If you go to podcastingresources.com, I've got a ton. Uh, so if you're looking for, you know, communications, content creation, uh, hosting, Skype tools, stores, sound effects, et cetera, et cetera, go to podcastingresources.com. .com. Are you the person in charge of your website? Then come check out the Weekly Web Tools podcast at weeklywebtools.com. Each week, we spotlight and review tools. We discuss strategies on web design and promotion. We talk a little SEO, all with the intent of enhancing your website. The Weekly Web Tools podcast. It's the podcast for the do-it-yourself webmaster. Check it out at weeklywebtools.com. And that is going to do it for this episode of the School of Podcasting. In the future, I'm going to be reviewing the Cool Cast Player. That is something I just recently purchased. I'll be uh, reviewing the Apex Channel Master. I am the Channel Master. Um, as well as, um, well, number one, if you can answer that question because of my podcast, blank. Uh, we've got uh, some of those in the can, but always looking for more. And also, what were the last five podcasts you listened to? Not what were your favorite five podcasts, but what were the last five you listened to? Tell us a little bit about them and uh, where we can find them and do that in less than five minutes. And oh yeah, be sure and mention your podcast. And I'm working on some more interviews as well. But if you'd like any suggestions on what you'd like to hear on the show, just go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and you can get a hold of me there. Always looking to provide what you would like to hear. And don't forget that the School of Podcasting's doors are closing very quickly. And if you want to get in in this session, now is the time to join. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that is L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and uh, that'll save you when you sign up. And uh, look forward to seeing you on the inside before the doors close. So thanks so much for tuning in. Till next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.